0: Amen. Maybe see you. So again, glad to see you this morning and on this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. uh, If you have your Bible, I invite you to take them and turn with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter seven. And this morning we're going to read Mark chapter seven, verses twenty-four through thirty. Last week we talked about uh, traditions and. how they don't save you, and going through motions is not what God uh, is looking for. That's an important lesson, Uh, and Mark uh, follows that up uh, with a very interesting teaching uh, about faith and how important it is, because it's not our outward appearance that god's most concerned about it's our faith that's on the inside it's not whether we're perfect whether we do all the right things or we know the right words it's whether we've put our faith and trust in the right thing Uh, and so we meet a a mother uh, that comes to jesus uh, on behalf of her daughter Uh, jesus already in the gospel of mark has healed lots of sick folks uh, raised people from the dead, fed thousands of people, done all kinds of miracles. Uh, and so word travels around when that happens. Even they didn't have Facebook and 24-hour news in Jesus' day, uh, but word still got around. Um, if you've ever lived in a small town, uh, you know how that works. That, you know Something will happen, and before you even get home, everybody in the county knows about it. Uh, and so, but word of what Jesus had done and who he was had spread far and wide. And it was so unusual and so remarkable. And that is what Jesus wants to be to us. is something that's remarkable, something that's memorable, something for us to shout about and be excited about. And so we meet this woman who was not a Jew and lived in a land that was not friendly even to Jews. And so let's take a look, beginning in verse 24. It says, For there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And they said to her, For this saying go your way, The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on her bed. This woman, again, was not a Jew. In fact, Matthew records this incident for us in Matthew chapter 15 and says this woman was from a Canaanite background. If you remember your Old Testament, Canaanites and Jews did not get along. Uh, They were constantly fighting one another. Tyre and Sidon were uh, both uh, cities that were north of Israel where the Jews uh, lived. It wasn't a a, a Jewish neighborhood. They were both cities that were very hostile, in fact, to the Jews. And in fact, Isaiah uh, talks about these two towns being judged harshly by the Lord because of the way they treated God's people. And yet, word had traveled about what this Jew had done all around the area. And so this woman who hated Jews, and the Jews hated them, knew who Jesus was. Well, Jesus had been ministering And it says he decides he's going to take a vacation. He's going to get away and spend some time somewhere else with his disciples. And so he decides to go to Tyre and Sidon. Again, that's very, that is not the typical place a Jew would have chosen to go on vacation. It would have been like somebody from Mississippi deciding we were going to uh, go to. Uh, Rodney, Mississippi, which is a ghost town, as Barbara was telling me about. You don't go there on vacation. Why did Jesus go? Because Jesus had a purpose in going. And he knew that he was going to meet this woman. And he wanted to teach us a very important lesson that Jesus is able to work in any situation with anybody When he's invited in. Even a Canaanite Greek heathen woman that had heard about Jesus and was at her end because, you know, mamas will do anything for their children. They will go, you know, to the end of the world to get their children what they need. And so this Greek heathen woman that you know, was not from a Jewish ancestry, who had heard about this man named Jesus, said, you know what, my daughter is so afflicted, I'm going to go see if maybe this man named Jesus can do something about it. If you read Matthew chapter 15, which I encourage you to do later, you'll hear some additional facts. This woman repeatedly begged Jesus, and Jesus initially seemed to ignore her. And she continued to plead, and the disciples said, Listen, this crazy lady's bothering us. Send her away. But Jesus didn't do it. The woman begged and and pleaded with Jesus to do something about a situation that she knew she couldn't handle. But she hoped at least Jesus could handle. And so she went and she found him. This woman, this Syrophoenician Greek Canaanite woman, teaches all of us a lesson about faith and about what faith is. And the measure of faith. Jesus talked a lot about faith, and you remember in the Gospel of Matthew, he said, if you had the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move, and it would. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, you know it's very, very small. You think about the tip of a sharpened pencil, it's even smaller than that. And Jesus said, if your faith is just that small, and you see, we think, you know, if God's going to do anything in our life, we've got to have it all figured out. We've got to have all the pieces and all the answers, and we've got to do all the right things. And yet this woman shows us that is not how it works. This woman shows us that God, all God asks for is faith. So there's a couple things about faith that I want us to talk about this morning. As we answer the question, do you have what it takes to see God work in your life? So the first thing is this, the trust of faith. This woman believed the accounts. She had never before met Jesus. But she had heard the accounts and she believed them. She wasn't saved. She didn't become a Christian at this time. Maybe she did eventually. But she was not a Christian. She wasn't one of the disciples, one of the people that followed after Jesus. And yet she had heard enough about this man from other people. God began to work in her heart. And there were some seeds that were planted in her life. And those seeds that were planted planted, were about to start to sprout. She said, maybe this man named Jesus could do something about my daughter. She understood that Jesus had done what she had heard. She didn't think it was a made up story. She didn't think it was an illusion. She she knew that she had heard all these reports that God raised people from dead and healed people of all kinds of different diseases and Cast out demons from all kinds of people. And so she knew he was one with power. And so when she comes, she refers to him twice as Lord. And uh, the the word Lord is the Greek word Kyrios. And it simply means one with power or authority. She didn't fully understand who Jesus was. But she came with the little bit that she did know. You see, the reality is that all of us have faith in something. So it's not a matter of just having faith. It's a matter of having faith in the right thing or the right person in this case. You see, it takes faith to believe that God doesn't exist. Perhaps even more than it does take faith to believe that God does exist. This woman found that having the right faith in the right person makes all the difference in the world. She didn't trust in herself. She didn't trust in the witch doctors and the uh, soothsayers and the priests of the day. She knew they couldn't do anything about the situation. Maybe she had tried and found they couldn't do anything. so she says, I'm going to go to this man named Jesus. And guess what? She said, I know that you can do something about my daughter. Please do something. Heal her. And he, to us, seems like he insults her. He said, well, but do you not know that it's not good for the for you to take the children's bread off the table and feed it to little dogs. Jesus was not being irreverent. I don't think he was being mean. I think he was trying to, one, teach a, a lesson to the disciples and to her about faith and to test her faith, to see what she would do. Would she just give up and go away? Or would she exercise that faith? See, the faith in Christ is not blind, pie-in-the-sky type faith. It's reasoned faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith this way. It says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So even though you can't see it, understand it, put your hands on it, touch it, feel it, examine it, test it, you believe it. And there's things we take by faith every single day. But the faith that's most important for us to exercise is the trust in a Savior whose name is Jesus. He was not just a carpenter. He just wasn't a boy from Galilee, from a little town called Nazareth. He was the Son of God. He had healed the blind and the lame and the deaf. He had raised people from the dead. He fed just a couple episodes earlier in the Gospel of Mark 5,000 men with a little boy's snack lunch. So Jesus proves over and over and over again that he was exactly who he said he was. There were people in that day, just like there are people today, that do not believe that. And them not believing it is an act of faith, just like those believing it is an act of faith. But Jesus didn't just say he was the Son of God, he proved it, he showed it with his actions. Even to the point when he went to the cross and shed his innocent blood for the sin debt of all the whosoever's in the world. that Whosoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. Isn't that great and wonderful news for all of us? What does Paul say there? He said, you know what? It's not about being good. It's not about having all the right answers. It's about having faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so this woman understood, I think, what Jesus was trying to say. is said, even the little dogs, the puppies, eat the crumbs that fall for the children's plates. If you have dogs, you know that most of them, if they're inside, they're scavengers. If anything hits the floor... They're on it just like that before you could even bend down to pick it up. And they've scarfed it down. And Jesus said, because you have this kind of faith, your daughter's been made whole. And so she left. For whatever reason, it's always struck me as kind of odd, she didn't bring the daughter with her. The daughter was at home. And yet she went home hearing the words of Jesus, and she had faith, and she found it just exactly as Jesus had said. This demon that had been tormenting her daughter for a long time was gone. And she was back to her normal self, just laying on her bed. Jesus spoke as well the gospels about what faith is and He said it wasn't just any kind of faith. It was a childlike faith. It was a faith of trust. Not having to have things figured out, but just believing. He said, unless you become like little children, you will not see the kingdom of God. It wouldn't say that we have to become playful or we have to forget all the knowledge that we have and just become... Kind of zombies, no. You say Children are trusting. They put faith in their parents and in other adults that are around them and they know and they trust that their parents are going to take care of them and do what's right. But that is not a blind faith. Kids that trust their parents, trust other adults do so because those adults have proven themselves to be trustworthy and faithful. Just like Jesus proves himself over and over again to be faithful. Even, by the way, when we're not. And so we can't say, you know, if I, I can't believe like James did. Unless I see with my own eyes the nails his hands and feet, I won't believe. You remember Jesus held his hands out and said, look, Thomas. He turned his side and said, put your hand right here. And Thomas believed. And Jesus said, you know what? You have seen, and so you believe. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. Because that's what faith is. Believing even when you can't see it. Trusting that God who said it is faithful. And so this woman teaches us a trust of faith, but she also teaches us the tenacity of faith. This woman had every reason to believe that she would be rejected. And As she asked Jesus what, Jesus didn't answer She asked again. Jesus did answer. In fact, she had asked him enough times that the disciples got aggravated and said, Master, send this wacko away. Get rid of her. And yet she continued to ask. Not because of her standing. Remember, she had no right and no reason to think or believe that Jesus would do anything for her, but she knew he could, and that's what makes the difference. You see, if you wait to come to Christ, and you exercise faith only when you've got it all figured out, it's no longer faith. And by the way, we could never have it all figured out. Man, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, has asked the deep and troubling questions of faith. And, you know, struggled with questions about things like, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, if God could do anything, why is there evil in this world? And you know what? We still don't have answers. And there really will not be answers until we get to heaven. And we'll understand it better by and by, that old chorus says. There are things that we have to accept by faith and just trust even when it seems very contrary. Think about Noah. The world had, before Noah's day, never experienced rain. And God said to Noah, I want you to build a boat. And he said, build a great big boat. That when you, you get the boat, you think, you're going to build times, times it by ten, and then times that by a hundred. It's a humongous boat. You know what? Noah didn't say, well, I must have ate some bad Taco Bell, or Mrs. Noah's uh, deer meat that day just wasn't quite settling, and I surely didn't hear right. He believed God he didn't really know what rain was, but he knew that God told him to build this boat. And so he started to build this boat. And by the way, if you have tried anything, especially you wives, you know that when a husband starts building a thing, it doesn't get built in a day. It takes a long, long time. And it took Noah years to get this ark built. You know, as he built this ark, he would share the gospel. He, he would tell them, listen, God has told me to build this boat because a uh, rain's going to come flood the world and this is the only thing that's going to save us. And the people laughed at him. Said, you're an idiot, Noah. Even when it finally did begin to rain, the people still laughed and wouldn't get on the boat. As the waters continued to rise, there were probably some of them that were rethinking their laughter, but it was too late. And we know how that story ends, is that the world is flooded, and the only things that were left alive on the face of the earth were the animals and the people that were in that ark. Faith takes tenacity and doesn't give up sometimes. If you don't get what you want right then, and you stop believing, you really didn't have faith. Faith believes even when it doesn't make sense. Even when you have every reason, like this woman did, to believe the opposite is what was going to happen. This woman had every reason to believe that her daughter was going to get worse. And she went to Jesus, I think, as a last-ditch effort. But she found the thing about faith. Here's a quote. I heard it from Paul Creech. Others have probably said it, but he was a missionary to the Ivory Coast and a pastor in Georgia before he passed away. Uh, He made this statement at a retreat one time, and it stuck with me all these years. It was several, several years ago now. Uh, It says, When God is all you have, You find God is all that you need. And this woman had used all her resources. She had come to the end of her rope. She said, this man named Jesus is my last hope. And so she didn't give up. Even when Jesus told her no, she didn't give up. She continued to push. She continued to believe. And that's the kind of faith that God calls us to have. And this is how we show our faith, by our actions and our deeds. Every one of you believed that this morning at 11 o'clock this church was going to have worship. How do I know you believed that? Because you showed up. If you didn't think we were having church at 11 o'clock, you wouldn't have showed up. But you knew that, you know what, we had church last week at 11 o'clock, the week before that at 11 o'clock, and probably, you know, 50 years ago when the church started, they had church at 11 o'clock. And very few Sundays that we've not had church at 11 o'clock. And so it wasn't a blind faith, was it? It was a faith that repeated it. So so you know what, because of these past actions, I think today it's probably going to be this way. And this woman had heard over and over again about how Jesus had ministered and touched people. And said, You know what? If Jesus can do that in these situations, he can do it in my situation and heal my daughter. And guess what? She found that he did. Sometimes we give up far too easily and far too soon. When God's about to do something great, and we think, well, I've waited long enough, let me go do something else. Right before God was about to break through and do something. First John 5 4 says this God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Now, he's not talking about our individual faith that we've exercised, but faith in Christ, because it's not faith in ourselves. Because sometimes, even if you are an on on-fire Christian and you love God with all your heart, there are some days you don't particularly feel that way. But you're still saved, and you're still a child of God, even when you don't feel like it. So our faith is not built or on feelings. It's not based on circumstances, because circumstances change. Our faith is built on the one that's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Our faith in him is what helps us overcome this world. And anything that troubles us in this world, we can overcome by faith. Because God is with us, and God will help us through it. Now, that doesn't mean he'll do it for us all the time. We have to exercise some faith, and and that means that we act upon our faith. You say, you know what, I believe that God's going to do this, so I'm going to go on and believe and and make the preparations and behave like he's done it. And God saves us, that is the most wonderful, wonderful thing. And praise God that just as he saw the faith of this Greek, Katodite, Syrophoenician woman from the area of Tyre and Sidon, he said, that's the faith I'm looking for. She wasn't of the right lineage. She didn't have the right language. She wasn't the right, you know, this or that, according to some. But she was who Jesus was looking for. And she found Jesus. And I tend to think that most likely she probably did put her faith and trust in Jesus. This. This is what overcomes the world. Our faith. So Fred, do you have what it takes to overcome this world? Do you have that faith? Can I tell you that today you can find that faith if you'll trust in him? Maybe you need to reaffirm that faith. Because faith that it's real faith is active faith. It's not faith we put up on the shelf until something terrible happens. It's active all the time, just like your favorite sports team. If you're a, you know, Tennessee Titan, your Tennessee Titan fan when they win, your Tennessee Titan fan when they lose, which is most of the time. You see when you. Choose Jesus' team. There's no, he says, you be on the team. Joshua challenges the children of Israel on his death. He says, listen, you choose this day who you're going to serve. In other words, you put your faith, you decide where you're going to put your faith. Because, again, all of us have faith. And we exercise faith every single day. So It's not a matter of having faith. It's having faith in the right person. And that right person is not the preacher. It's not a deacon. It's not a parent. It's not a sibling. It's Jesus Christ. And if your faith is in anybody else or anything else, it's going to be in trouble before long. But when your faith and trust is in Jesus, because he's afraid that it sticks closer than a brother, and he doesn't change. He's saved yesterday and today. It'll be the same tomorrow. You know that he'll be there with you. But if... Only you put your faith and trust in him. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, thank you for the faith of this woman that we've looked at this morning. Lord, may we have this kind of faith, that faith that's trusting and faith that has tenacity to it. May we not give up in the face of circumstances. May we continue to trust you. Lord, if there's what here today in this auditorium or watching uh, on the internet it's never trusted in you, never found that if they'll come just as they are, you will receive them. Just as you received this Canaanite woman. Lord, may it be a reminder to us that have put our faith and trust in you that we must continue to exercise that faith. Actively exercise it. Forgive us when we fail to do that. Forgive us when our faith wavers. God, increase our faith. Lord, it's bad from the gospel say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And Lord, that's our prayer today. Help us, we pray, Jesus. We're going to We're going to see this hymn. Of-